Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-N on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It's 108 at Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers Now. The Oilers on the ice. Uh, here in St. Louis, uh, Connor McDavid is skating today. He's back with Chase on a dry settle. Nugent Hopkins with Jujar Kara and Yesopoli Yarby. Ryan Spooner is out there today. He's with Drake Kajula and Ty Ratty. Kyle Brodziak with Milan Lucic and Zach Gassi. Same top 6D. And we expect Cam Talbot to start tomorrow against St. Louis. Oilers now is brought to you by Digitex. You now can buy your PCs from Digitex. Keep it all under one roof with one number to call and one simple invoice for all your options. Office technology needs. Uh, keep texting us on our Heartland Ford text line at 630-630. Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan. Experience buying a vehicle on your terms with no pressure at Heartland Ford. Momentarily, we're going to go to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline and hook up with Almain. Before we do, we were discussing last night's fight with Darnell Nurse and uh, Devin Shore. Blair from Edson on our Heartland Ford text line. Bob, I disagree with Mark Spector. Shore engaged Nurse. He knew what he was getting into when he dropped the gloves. After the ref saved Shore by jumping in, Shore continued to chirp Nurse all the way to the penalty box. And in my opinion, sometimes guys need an education. And I feel like Nurse should have been allowed to educate Shore. It's uh, all part of the players policing themselves. That one comes to us uh, from uh, Blair and Edson. Bob, you are totally on point on this one. If you can't control both players physically, you shouldn't tie up one player, leaving the other one ex- uh, exposed. It's the same thing on a face-off. I'm seeing so many examples where the other team's allowed to cheat, but our younger guys are thrown out of circles, and we haven't even moved a muscle. Not everybody agrees. Joshua Texas and says, Bob Darnell Nurse is a spot picker. Guys around the league say it all the time to him. He picks on skilled players and younger guys. I don't know how Joshua knows this, but uh, how he knows that players say this to him. Because uh, Joshua does say, Darnell Nurse is tough. I don't question that. But you talk about guys throwing punches once the linesman comes in. Go back and look at Nurse's fights. He's great at throwing a late punch in like he did with Sam Bennett. Nurse fought Lucic, and now everybody thinks he's a heavyweight, and he's not. He's a spot picker. That one uh, came to us from Joshua. And this text comes in saying, Bob, I have to say Mark Spector is wrong. Shore went in uh, and was ready to go with Nurse if he... uh, uh, as Nurse uh, had him tied up, if the ref doesn't step in, what happens? Sometimes you mess with the bull, you get the horns. Well, Al May fought a lot. The game's changed a lot since Al played. Al, I don't know if you saw that fight last night, but I can't recall the last time I saw a referee 
Because usually it's two linesmen, but they were tied up in a, a primary altercation. Then Nurse and Shore ended up going in a secondary altercation, and Nurse got the upper hand, and Corey Savret basically tied up Nurse at that point. And uh, so I'd like to get your thoughts on that. I mean, that's pretty rare when you see a referee tie up the guy that's in the superior position. Or is it? No, it is rare, and I don't think it should happen. And there was a referee during my time, I think it was Kevin Collins, the, the howdy-doody look-alike guy. Yeah. And he was on the one-man crusade to end fighting in the NHL, and he'd grab a guy, and so many times the other player would take a shot and, and buckle that player. And it happened to me one time, and I was fighting a guy by the name of Jamie Huscroft, and he came yep. in there, grabbed me, had my arms, and Jamie punched me in the head as hard as he could, right in it. I was on the board, got me right in the fist and the glass. And I don't think the, the linesman should be – it's got to be a two-man effort to get in there, got to neutralize both players because he could have put Nurse in a position where he could have gotten injured very, very bad. So as long as there's fighting in there, it needs to be a two-man system when they do it. And I can't believe Mark Spector said that because I know that he likes physical hockey, but I totally disagree with the one linesman. Yeah, well, in this case, it was the referee. So the two linesmen were tied up with another yeah. altercation. And now, Mark goes, how do you know the referee didn't tell Devin Shore that's it? Well, the point is, as they went to the box, Shore's chirping nurse the whole way. Like, shut, like you were in a prone position, and the referee bailed you out there. You might want to shut up in that scenario. So... Anyways, I, I just, I was a little, it probably doesn't surprise you that I was a little bit dismayed. And to be frank with you, Al, the Oilers kind of started it because Chason got a heavy piece of Jason Spezza from behind, and that started the whole melee. So, I, hey, if he doesn't hit Spezza from behind, we don't have that. We have less than that ever before, which brings us to Milan. And we'll get to the Capitals in a second because you got a big game tonight against Vegas. I think those two teams played some real big hockey games last June. Um, but Al, Milan Lucic, just two goals now in his last 73 games. And, uh, you know, Connor McDavid missed his first game in 235 games last night due to illness. Uh, he's not missed a game from injury since Milan came to Edmonton. Is there any way you can evaluate Lucic's value to a team without looking past two goals in 73 games played? Well, he's obviously overpaid for the way the game has shifted. So you look at that, and, you know, he didn't know it was coming. The team didn't know it was coming, but it happened. And he, he's not a guy that is a skater. He's got to, he's got to move his legs. He's got to be on top of his game to be effective. Uh, I, I, I would give a lot of the Connor McDavid, you know, being injury-free for the most part with, with Lucic in the lineup. Uh, I'd give Milan a lot of credit for that, for keeping the peace out there. But right now, the way the game is going, we're not seeing a lot of. We're seeing a no-hit hockey league right now. There's hardly any physical play. Everyone's doing the sweep check or the poke check or the stick check, whatever you want to call it. And we're not seeing enough hits being finished. And what's going to happen is when guys start to hit, players are going to be putting themselves in prone positions to start being hit from behind or with their head down on the boards because they're not going to. They're so used to not being hit right now. And I'm seeing when guys are getting barreled over. It's starting to happen where guys are getting crushed when someone decides to say, hey, screw it, I'm not stick-checking, I'm body-checking. So at some point, you know, that, that's going to hurt all the players in the league. On the other side of it, Lucic has to 
more than just being that physical presence. He better be, you know, perfect defensively. He better play with a snarl every game. Uh, hopefully it comes for him. I, you know, I've always was a fan of the way he played, and I, I've seen him play a lot of good hockey. You can't discount the fact that he's a former 30-goal scorer. He, he scored over, you know, at 20 goals four or five times in his career. And so you definitely want more output out of him. But then again, not a lot of players on the Oilers are getting any output. So it's not just a, a Milan Lucci thing. There's a lot of guys not putting pucks in the net. Yeah, we'll get to Tom Wilson in a second. Just your thoughts on the change from Todd McClellan to Ken Hitchcock, because we haven't had you on it. I know you still watch the Oilers. Are they a different team to watch under Hitch? They're certainly very boring to watch under Hitch. And uh, you know what? I, Hitch is obviously a much better coach than McClellan. Uh, he's going to over-rotate defensively with this team, but they're going to learn a lot of things about how to grind on it. Uh, but sorry, you, you, you believe, you, sorry, Al, you believe Hitchcock's a better coach than McClellan? Absolutely, uh, and uh, without a doubt. He, he's been around the game. I wish he'd coach his team a little more offensively, but hopefully he'll take the reins off in a little bit because it, it's been it's been very boring watching the team play. There's not enough going on offensively, and you know, you know, he made his mark in the NHL when it was a trap league. And right. remember when he was in junior hockey and ju- you know all hockey was played completely different when he was in juniors and in the in the American League. You know, he, it was all out offense and attack. And I, I still think he has all those tools in his arsenal. And you can't over rotate to just defense. You've got to be there's got to be a blend of it. But then again, the Oilers don't have the speed. I know they're doing patchwork to fix that roster right now. But with the type of team they have. It's going to hurt McDavid's stats somewhat, Dreisaitl somewhat, Nugent Hopkins somewhat, but it's going to help them be a more competitive team. Because they're slower, they're going to have those other players who are heavy-footed or or not the fastest-moving legs. You know, They're going to have to play a more positional, more responsible brand of hockey because when you have a separation of, say, a McDavid and and, the players they have typically on their third and fourth lines there, you know, that's a drastic change in the style of play up and down the roster. They've missed, this sounds crazy because the guy doesn't have a goal all year, but he was a legitimate top nine player for them, a good penalty killer, and he could skate. Tobias Reeder, they missed him for the last three weeks. They didn't have McDavid and Spooner last night. You saw Spooner and Zekov a little uh, in the Eastern Conference. Can you give us a scouting report on either guy? Well, Spooner's a guy that is kind of the secondary assist guy. He's, he's got a high skill level. Uh, he can really help your power play, uh, but the problem is they've got so many guys in Edmonton that are, are players that should be on the power play. I'm not sure how much time he'd get on that top unit uh, because okay. he's an excellent passer. He's nice with the puck, so he's going to have to make sure he's got his game going five on five every time. And as far as Zekoff is concerned, I think he's always need, just needed an opportunity to play with some high-end skill players. Uh, he's got an incredible shot. If they can put him in a role where he's able to shoot that puck. A lot like Chason. Chason's like a guy that gets to the net, is strong on a stick. I think Zekoff has a better shot than him, doesn't play as heavy as Alex. But he's a guy, if you put him with the right player, if he can find someone for him to have chemistry with and, and get it on, get, you know, bestow upon it upon him to be shooting that puck, he's got to shoot two, three, four times every game. Of course, you always want the four or five shots when you can get it. But he's a guy that has to use this shot. It's a legitimate weapon. And if he can get it going and play with some confidence, uh, that's a great thing for the Oilers. We're joined by Al May, longtime Washington Capital player and now Washington Capitals broadcaster. Al, Tom Wilson, can we speak to the impact that he has made to that lineup since returning from a suspension? 
Well, I know I've said this on your airwaves a lot. There was a time when everyone in Washington wanted Tom Wilson to be the next Milan Lucic, and now everyone wants Milan Lucic to be Tom Wilson, but I don't think it's possible. Wilson may be the fastest player end-to-end on the Washington Capitals. He's certainly the strongest. And while he was out on that suspension and over the course of the summer, he's in phenomenal physical condition. He works on his skating continuously. He's a true student of the game. I think everyone in the league is fearful of him. The way he plays, he's fast, he finishes his hits, but right now he's doing the curls and the sweep and the poke check, and he's laying off. I've seen him have numerous occasions where he could take a player out who set himself up to be hit, and Wills is, is turned away from him. But what he's doing with the puck right now, hanging on to it, making plays, winning every single board battle, the tenacity that he plays defensive hockey with, the way he back checks, uh, penalty kill has been so much better. You know, he, he's been an incredible on-ice leader for the Capitals since he's been back. And the fortunes of the team in his 10 games I, I, are phenomenal. How much, their, where their win-loss record is, it, it's incredible the impact he's had on the roster since he's got back. And I say that, you know, we've got Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Backstrom, who we should be talking about all the time. But Wilson's got eight goals in 10 games, six games straight with a goal. And the penalty killing has drastically shot up the goals against has gone down goals for has gone up so everything's been a plus and incredibly so with wilson having him back in the lineup as mr everything on the physical side of it right now were you concerned he was going to get suspended for the hit against new jersey i don't think there's any way for anyone that's ever played the game you know when you slow everything down everything looks malicious and you can find an angle and on one of the 17 cameras that you use every game. But I thought there's no damn way you can give him. He shouldn't even have had a minor penalty. He was back-checking, tracking the puck. He tried to get out of the way. And I equate it to, you know, he, he's whatever, 15, 20, 25 feet away from that player who spins backwards, arcs into his lane just a touch. And Wilson's looking at the puck, looking at his defender going down the wall, and he tries to step out of the way as that guy gets in front of him. But if you're in a car... You're going that speed, 25 miles an hour, which isn't fast in a car, and all of a sudden someone pops out in front of you. You don't have time to get out of the way. You don't have time to swerve. Very few players in the league could have gotten out of the way of the kid from New Jersey. And I'd say Jeff Skinner because he can do those amazing things on a skate where he's got one skate forward, one skate backwards, yeah. and, he's, and he's able you know. So not too many. Wilson's not agile. He's fast. He's a linear player. Uh, but I didn't think there was any way that should have been a suspension. I thought the first thing he did to get suspended for 20 games, I thought that definitely should have been a suspension. Didn't think it should be 20, but thought he would get a suspension the way the game is being played today. But there was zero intent for him to have contact. And it's just like a ref running into a player, teammates running into each other. It's just unfortunate. Guys do run into the, each other by accident sometimes in a hockey game. Al, let me ask you this. When you played, who was the closest player to what Tom Wilson is now that has that kind of speed that can blow guys up on the on hits? I mean, I don't know if he's going to be a you know a realistic twenty five goal scorer, but a twenty five goals a twenty to twenty five goal scorer today was a thirty two to thirty six goal scorer when you played. So was there somebody that could skate like that that exploded through guys when he hit them? And like, because Dallas Drake was a big hitter, but he didn't have the height. You know, he wasn't as big, and he didn't score as often. I mean, you know, Wilson's got an offensive dimension to his game. Anybody you can think of back when you played? Well, this is way out of Wilson's category, but 
the way that Eric Lindros was able That's to play was, game was absolutely yeah. absolutely phenomenal. But you know, he was so much better at carrying the puck. It was a harder time to play because they didn't call any penalties. So you know, had Lindros played in this version of the NHL, he might be at a hundred points already this far in the season with the speed that he possessed, the power, the stick handling, the shooting. Uh, it would be phenomenal what a guy like that could do nowadays. And I think Lindros or Tom Wilson is starting to feel a little bit of that, but he doesn't have that, you know, that track record like, like Lindros had it, you know, basically every year of youth hockey all the way through pro, every level that he played at. Lindros was able to physically dominate before he became, you know, set with three. So you look at that and I would think Gary Roberts to a point, uh, would play, but it, his, was, his was grit. It wasn't so much about the, the speed that Wilson possesses. Right. Cam, ne- Cam Neely was more methodical in how he played the game, but he he could blow guys up. But I don't know if he had that blistering speed. Wilson skates around players now with stick moves and skating combined on one-on-ones. And I, I can't believe I've been seeing it for about last year, about halfway through the season, he started to walk guys one-on-one. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing. But the kid is a true student of the game. I know everyone and a lot of hack journalists who need to make themselves, they're irrelevant, they try to make themselves relevant. They use Wilson as their whipping boy. But he is he is a very talented hockey player who's only getting better, and he's going to have to deal with this reputation thing. But, you know, you said he'd be lucky to get 25 goals. At the pace he's going right now, he'll have that by his 30th game played. Uh, I don't know if he can sustain it, but he's getting every possible chance right now. Power play time, five on five. He's playing over 20 minutes a game and uh, killing penalties. So he's kind of Mr. Everything right now for the Capitals. Al, great stuff. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks again for joining us on Oilers Now. Yeah, take care. That is Al May, longtime Washington Capitals player and broadcaster. Back with uh, Brendan Escott, NHL Today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. Please support 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous and make sure every kid has a Christmas. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. 127 in Edmonton, off to NHL today for elite promotional marketing more than just sportswear. Here's Brendan Escott. Thanks, Bob. Ten games in the NHL tonight. Winnipeg visits Long Island. Calgary in Columbus. Toronto takes on Buffalo on the road. An all-Canadian matchup in Montreal with Ottawa in town and Vancouver welcomes in Minnesota. The NHL's Board of Governors has officially approved Seattle as the league's 32nd franchise. They are set to begin play in the 2021-22 season. Arizona will move to the Central Division to balance out all NHL divisions at eight teams. Commissioner Gary Bettman also announced today that the league's salary cap in 2019-20 will be roughly $84 million. That's up from $79.5 that it's at right now. Detroit Red Wings forward Anthony Mantha will miss four to six weeks with a hand injury, and they'll also be without Tyler Bertuzzi for the next two games as he serves a suspension for sucker-punching Avs forward Matt Calvert. Panthers goaltender Roberto Luongo is a game-time decision tonight against Boston. He has been out since November 23rd with a lower body injury. Bakersfield Condors will have a rematch with the Manitoba Moose tomorrow night in Bakersfield. We'll tee up that game uh, coming up after the news break with head coach Jay Woodcroft and then the Oil Kings host uh, Regina tomorrow night. U of A Golden Bears host the last place Manitoba Bisons this weekend. And with that, Bob, we'll throw it to a news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodwin. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.